Right, open your Bibles with me to Job chapter 38. As we began looking at these questions that have been asked in Scripture, when we got to the book of Job, I knew for sure there's one passage I wanted to preach from, the passage we have this morning. Because this passage, if we pay any attention to it at all, should teach us God's greatness in our smallness. If Lord teach us that, His greatness in our smallness, only then will we get ready to worship Him. I've titled the message, Are You Able to Question God? I think this message will be very helpful to every believer who's honest enough to admit that we live in the flesh and the sinful flesh affects what we say and do all the time. Now, every believer trusts the Lord. Every believer trusts Christ to do all of the saving for us. That's, that's a true statement. Every believer trusts that everything our God does, it's right, it's just, and it's best for me. Every believer truly believes that. But every honest believer will also have to admit that there have been times we've questioned the Lord's providence. Why is the Lord doing this? I wish I could know what God's providence in, in this is. We shouldn't do that, but we all have done it. If we're honest, we'll admit we've done that. Now that's Job. He's a believer. He trusts the Lord. He's an honest and upright man. Yet, during this trial, he has questioned God's providence, hasn't he? Job said during this time, I wish I'd never been born. What was God thinking when he allowed me to be born? Job said, I wish God just killed me. Why is, is, what's God thinking? Allowing me to live in this misery. Job said, I hadn't done anything wrong. God, God's not being fair with me. He said that. Look back at chapter 23 of Job. Job 23. Verse 1, then Job answered and said, even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I'd order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me. I would know, how, how's God going to, I got questions. How, how's God going to answer me in this and understand what he would say unto me? Job said, boy, if I could appear before God, I mean, I'd give him peace of my mind. I'd fill my mouth with words. I got a lot of questions for God to answer. Haven't you heard people say similar things? Oh, when I get to get to heaven, God, I got a lot of questions for God. I'm going to ask him a lot of questions. No, you won't either. No, you won't. When the apostle John, the beloved apostle John, who was so close to the Lord, he leaned on his breast at the Last Supper. When John saw him at the Isle of Patmos, what did John do? John didn't go up to him and say, Now, Lord, why you got me on this island instead of where I can be out preaching to people? John didn't ask no questions. He felt his feet as a dead man. I know we don't know a lot about heaven, but the one thing we do know about heaven, the one and only thing that's recorded that the saints are saying in heaven is they're singing the praises of Christ. They ain't asking no questions. But every believer has said or thought those same things when we're being crushed by a trial. 
I'd like to ask God what God's providence is in this. Now, I am not going to preach a message that beats you up for thinking that, beats me up for thinking that, because we already know that. You don't need me to tell you that's wrong. We already know that. I pray the Lord enable me to preach a message that shows us the awe-inspiring glory of our God so that we'll trust him, so that we'll find comfort for our hearts when we find ourselves in such a great trial as Job is, and we think this thing's going to destroy us, we'll find comfort in our heart and trust in God. Now, the Lord has patiently heard everything Job and his friends have said. And now God speaks. Job 38, verse 1. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I'll demand of thee, and answer thou me. God says, Job, who is this that darkeneth counsel, words without knowledge? Job, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're talking about things you don't have the slightest understanding of. You don't have the wisdom to talk about who God is and what God's doing. You don't have the wisdom to talk about the purposes of God or just say you know why God's doing everything he's doing. God says, Job, I've heard a lot of talking. From you. I've heard you make a lot of ill-advised statements. God says, now, Job, I've got some questions for you. You say, you got some questions for me? Job, I got some questions for you, and you'd better answer them. Woo! Job don't feel quite so big now, does he? <laughs> Earl Wooten told me recently, he said he was coming to service on a Wednesday night, and his car was coming at him, and Earl said, that guy's is got his brights on me. I'm just going to flash him. He flashed his lights at the guy. The guy flashed his lights at him, showing me wasn't wasn't uh, didn't have his brights on. And then just for a second, he turned his blue lights on. <laughs> Earl realized he, yeah, this is a policeman. Earl said, "I didn't feel so big then." <laughs> That's Job. God says, "Job, I got some questions. You better answer them." Job said, "I don't feel so big now." Verse four. God says, "Job." Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare it if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched out the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Job, where were you when I spoke creation into existence? You didn't even exist at that time. Job, you don't know how I laid the foundation of the earth. The earth is a globe that hangs in space with absolutely no visible support, but there it stays. God said, Job, can you explain that? If you can't explain how I created the world, you can't explain how I keep the earth, the ball, hanging in space, if you can't understand that, you, you don't have to understand to question me about how I run it. If you don't understand how I created it, you sure don't understand what I'm doing running it. Verse 7, he said, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Job, where were you when I did that? Do you know stars emit sound waves? And the Lord calls it singing. The Lord did that. He created that for his glory. He made the stars to sing. And when he did that, the angels, the sons of God, they sang for joy at what God had done. And God says, Job, where were you when I did that? Job, can you hear? You can't even hear the stars sing, but they are. You weren't anywhere, were you? You weren't anywhere when I did that. Verse 8. 
He said, who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as it had issued out of the womb? Well, I made the cloud the garment thereof and thick darkness a swaddling band for it and break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors and said, hitherto shalt thou come, but no further. And here shall thy proud waves be stayed. Job, where were you when I said, let the dry land appear? You know, the earth was one time completely covered with water and God said, let the dry land appear. Job, where were you when I did that? Job, those those oceans, can you tell them to stay in a certain place? I did. I did. Go home this afternoon, dump dump a, a glass of water on the table and still that, tell that water to stay there and not run off the table. See, what, see how that works for you. God tells the, the ocean, you stay right there. Don't go any further. Now, you have the power to do that? then why would you question God who does have the power to do it? Why would you? Verse 12, As thou commanded the morning since thy days and caused the day spring to know its place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and that the wicked might be shaken out of it, it is turned as clay to the seal and they stand as a garment. And from the wicked, their light is withholden and the high arm is broken. Here's what the Lord's saying. Job, can you make the sun come up in the morning when you want to? Can you make the sun rise at the exact minute that you want it to, to rise? And Job, can you make evil men stop what they're doing just by causing the sun to come up in the morning? You know, wickedness goes on night, doesn't it? Can you stop the wicked men from doing what they're doing just by causing the sun to rise? Job, why would you think if I create light and darkness, if I create both, Why would you think I can't accomplish my purpose in it? In creating light and darkness? Why would you think I can't do that? Job, why would you ever think that darkness and evil in this world is outside of my control? Why would you ever think that? Verse 16. Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea? Or hast thou walked in the the search of the depth? Job, can you see into the depths of the sea? The sea floor is another mystery to you. I mean, even today with our submarines and all these things... There's places on the bottom of the ocean we've not been. I mean, it's still a mystery to us. And the depths of the sea here are a picture. It's a picture of God's providence. God's providence is so wide and, and so deep. We, we might understand what God's doing, you know, with me right here, but the ripple effects of that, well, we can't understand what God's doing. It's, it's providence. Can you look into the depths of my providence, God asked Job? Can you understand what I'm doing? Well, of course not. We can't understand that. Then I tell you what, we'd be wise to not question God's providence for us, wouldn't we? Verse 17. Had the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Job, can you understand life and death? Can you understand how one second a body is living and the next second it's dead? Can you understand that? Can you understand how the, how did the spirit leave the body? You didn't see it happen. You just know it did. Can you understand that? Where did it go? What happened to it? Job, that body that just died, can you give it life again? Can you stop the spirit from leaving the body and keep that body alive? Can you tell when that spirit left the body? Can you tell where it went? Did it go to heaven or hell? Do you know? Can you tell? Well, of course you can. And you know why we can't tell? Those matters belong to God. These matters belong to Him. 
And we'd be wise not to question him. We would. Verse 18. Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? Declare it if thou knowest it, it knowest it all. Where is the way where light dwelleth? And as for darkness, where is the place thereof? That thou shouldest take it to the bound thereof, and that thou shouldest know the paths of the house thereof? Job, do you have any idea how big this earth is? It is so big that you, you can't see to the end of it. Now, Job, do you have the ability to run everything that's going on in that creation? Do you have the ability to run it all at once? I do. God says, I do. And can you make all those events that are happening, all the different parts of the earth, part of the earth is light, part of it is dark. You know, just everything going on, people have all these different different ways and different cultures. And Job, can you make all of those events work together to accomplish your purpose? Can you do that? God says, I do. I do. Now, if all these matters belong to God, he's working them all together after the counsel of his own will. I think we'd be wise not to question him about it. If we don't have the ability to, I mean, even manage our own life, even to make things happen in our own lives the way we want them to happen. How can we question God who does have that ability? Verse 21. God says, Knowest thou it because thou wast then born? Or because the number of thy days is great? You know, Job admitted he'd lived just a few days. Man's days are short, few, and full of trouble. God says, Job, remember when you said your life is just like a weaver's shuttle that's gone so quickly? Then why would you dare to question the eternal of days? Huh? It's like children. Children should always be careful about questioning their parents, what their parents are doing. I know children. I was a child once. I understand. You think your parents are out of touch, you know, with today's world. Well, you just remember this. Your parents have been around a little while. They've been around longer than you. So good chance they know more than you, right? Think about ourselves, how few our days are. God's children should be even more careful to question our eternal father and ever accuse him of doing wrong, making a mistake in what he's doing. Because I promise you this, he knows more than I do. He knows more than me. Well, verse 22. Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow? Or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? By what way is the light parted which scattereth the east wind from the earth? Job, have you considered the snowflakes? Every snowflake is different. I mean, there are trillions and trillions and trillions of them. How many snowflakes does it take to add up to a foot of snow? They'll cover this whole area. I mean, every one of those snowflakes is different. Job, have you considered that? Now, if God can make every snowflake different, our Lord pays that much much detail to his creation that he fashions every snowflake different. Do you think what's happening to you is unfair? Do you, have, do you think what's happening to you is an accident? That, that that's somehow out of God's control? Of course not. And the Lord controls the weather. He says he does it against the time of trouble, against the day of battle. The Lord controls the weather 
And he's done that at times to change the course of human history, to change the course of, of wars. I can know of two times winter came early and hard in Russia to stop Napoleon and Hitler from conquering the world. Strange weather, strange fog, strange weather, weather patterns saved Washington's army from early defeat in the Revolutionary War more than once. God says, Job, can you do that? I did. I did. Well, if we can't do that and God does, we'd be wise not to question him, wouldn't we? Look down at verse 31. Canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion? Canst thou bring forth Maseroth in his season? Or canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? Your Pleiades is a, a cluster of stars. has a bluish color. And it typically is seen best in the wintertime. Orion is a cluster of stars, has a reddish color. It's seen at some different, it's seen best at some different time of, of year. Maseroth is the 12 constellations that constantly circle the earth. That's where we get the 12 signs of the zodiac from. These stars circle the earth in exact seasons. Now God says, Job, can you make the stars circle the earth? Huh? Job, all you can do is stargaze and watch what I'm doing with the stars. Job, can you change the seasons, fall to winter, winter to spring, spring to summer, summer to fall? Can you change the seasons? God says, I do. I do. Not only do I have the power to do it, I do it every year. Now, if you don't have that kind of, que- kind of power, we'd be wise not to question God who does have that power, wouldn't we? Look at verse 39. Will thou hunt to pray for the lion or feel the appetite of the young lions when they couch in their dens and abide in the covert to lie in wait? Who provided for the raven his food when his young ones cry unto God? They wander for lack of meat. Job, can you provide food for all the wild animals all over the earth? I mean, you think of those wild, everywhere, big ones, small ones, lions, ravens. You know, the lion, you know, we kind of admire, you know, the king of the jungle, they're so beautiful, and there's the ugly raven, you know. God provides for both of them. He gives them food. Both of them, he gives them food. Now, if God provides for the wild animals all over the earth, animals in places that we've never seen, let's not question whether or not God can provide for us. Oh, ye of little faith. Look at chapter 39, verse 1. Knowest thou the time when the wild goats of the rock bring forth? Or canst thou mark when the hinds do calve? Canst thou number the months that they fulfill? Or knowest thou the time when they bring forth? They bow themselves. They bring forth their young ones. They cast out their sorrows. Their young ones are in a good liking. They grow up with corn. They go forth and return not unto them. Job, can you make the animals give birth in, in, in just the right season? Can you cause them to grow up so now they're adults and can leave their parents and fend for themselves? Job, can you do that? No. No, but God does. Now, if God provides for the wild animals of the earth, I tell you, we would be wise to never question whether or not he cares for your life. He cares for the wild goats. I mean, the wild goats. What good is a goat? You know, a wild goat up there. In the... God cares for them. He provides for them. 
You reckon he'll care for you? Look over at uh, verse 9, chapter 39. Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee or abide by thy crib? Canst thou bind the unicorn with his band in the, in the furrow? Or will he harrow the valleys for thee? Wilt thou trust him because his strength is great? Or wilt thou leave thy labor to him? Wilt thou believe him that he'll bring home thy seed and gather it into thy barn? Now, most writers agree this unicorn, it's an animal that Job would have been very familiar with, but it is extinct today. But this is what they say. I read this. That the unicorn, it was shaped like a rhinoceros with one, you know, big horn, but it was somewhat smaller than an elephant. I mean, this thing is massive. Now, the Lord said, Job, can you lasso that thing and make it do what you want it to do? According to historians, that animal could never be tamed. It could never be controlled. Now you can, you can get an ox and have it plow for you, but you can, this unicorn, you can never get that thing to, to plow your field and do work for you. You can't do anything with it, but run from it. But our God controls that animal's every move. Every move. Now God's got the power to control that animal, to make it do what He wants it to do. I tell you, we should, if God's got the power to do that, let's just not question whether or not God's got the power to control what's going on in our lives. Whatever it is that's going on in our lives, whatever it is happened to us, I promise you this, God's the one who brought it to pass. He's controlling it. There's not, nothing out of his control. Look at verse 13. Gavest thou the goodly wings unto the peacocks, or wings and feathers unto the ostrich? God gave the peacock Beautiful wings. Beautiful feathers. That thing fans out its tail. It's beautiful. I mean, I remember how many times I see a peacock. I'm still amazed every time. I just, man. There's a restaurant we used to go to. We went to visit the Groovers down in, in Mexico. And there was a big glass wall there. And their side of it, there was a couple peacocks. And I'd just be staring at those peacocks, you know. Sometimes I forget to eat. They're just Beautiful. I don't know any other reason God did that other than just put beauty in his creation. God did that. He also gave the ostrich feathers, but for different reasons. Look here, read on verse 14. This ostrich, he gave her feathers, which leaveth her eggs in the earth and warmeth them in the dust and forgetteth that the foot may crush them or that the wild beast may break them. She's hardened against her young ones as though they weren't hers. Her labor is in vain without fear because God hath deprived her of wisdom. Neither hath he imparted to her understanding. What time she lifteth herself up on high, she scorneth the horse and his rider. Now the ostrich, I don't know if this is talking about an ostrich like what, what we know or some other kind of bird, but this bird is, is not a good mother. Not a good mother at all. She lays her eggs in, in the dirt and then she forgets them. She forgets that she even had them. She forgets she buried them in the dirt. She could step on them. Some other wild animal could, could come along and not know they're buried there in the dirt and step on them. Her babies are all dead, you know. Sometimes she even steps on them. I mean, she steps on them. And you know why? The Lord's deprived her of wisdom. He's just not given her the wisdom to, to be a good mother. But you know what the Lord did give her? Speed. He gave her speed. 
when trouble comes, there, the, there, her, there her eggs are, there in the, in the dirt and trouble comes. You know what she does? She flies away. And she flies away so fast, nobody can catch her. She flies away and leaves danger away from those babies. She forgot was even there. That mother's not protecting her babies. But God is. God is. Now, if God takes care of that little baby ostrich, even that baby in the egg, I mean, what good is an ostrich? I mean, or whatever kind of bird this is, I don't know. But God takes care of that baby. That baby bird. Let's never question whether or not the Lord's able to take care of us. No, he's able, he's able to take care of us. He is. Now verse 19. Hast thou given the horse strength? Or hast thou clothed his neck with thunder? Canst thou make him afraid as a grasshopper? Can you make him prance like a grasshopper? The glory of his nostrils is terrible. He paweth in the valley and rejoiceth in his strength. He goeth on to meet the armed men. He mocketh at fear. He's not affrighted. Neither turneth he back from the sword. The quiver rattleth against him, the glittering spear and the shield. He swalloweth the ground with fierceness and rage. Neither believeth he that it is the sound of the trumpet. He saith among the trumpets, Ha ha! And he smelleth the battle afar off, and the thunder of captains and the shouting. And he runs towards it for all he's worth. You know, for many years, the horse was a very vital part of armies. Because horses, they aren't afraid. They're not afraid of the sound of, of battle. They hear the, the saber rattling and the, and the cannons going off, you know, and they just strain to go for it, just to go towards it. And he mocks. Those who are afraid, he mocks. He's not afraid. He just, he just eats up the ground so fast he's running towards it. The horse just says, let me at him. Let me at him. Now, can you give that attitude? Can you give that nature to a horse? I did this time and for, for years and years and years. It, it, you know, if you didn't have a horse, your army, you know, was going to be defeated by somebody that did have horses. Those horses just running thundering at you would, would scare you to death. Jan's aunt and uncle used to live in their backyard butted up to this horse farm. And we had those, we had two little Yorkies and those Yorkies, we had them out you know, walk in the backyard. And those Yorkies came up to that fence. And those horses way off saw those two little dogs. And they were curious about them. And they started running towards us. Early morning, the mist, you know, you could see the, the air coming. They were thundering towards us. It was, it was something, wasn't it? Imagine if they were coming at you with ill content, without a fence between you and them. You'd be scared to death. But that horse wasn't afraid. That's the way God made them. God made him for that. In verse 26, doth, doth the hawk fly by thy wisdom and stretch her wings toward the south? Doth the eagle mount up at thy command and make her nest on high? She dwelleth and abideth on the rock, upon the crag of the rock and the strong place. From thence she seeketh to pray, and her eyes behold afar off. And her young ones also suck up blood. And where the slain are, there is she. Job, can you make that eagle Soar up in the sky. Have you ever been out somewhere? You've seen the eagle just soaring above you. I was out fishing one time down at uh, near Janet's mother's in the Smoky Mountains. We were out on a little boat on the, the lake early, and this eagle was just soaring up there. And I was just watching it. And I just 
Here I was hoping, I hope no fish bite. I just want to watch this eagle. Just, it's beautiful. Now, can you make that eagle soar up there? Can you make her build her nest up there in the rocks? You think there's nothing to hold that nest in place. And she builds that, rock, that nest way up there. And she makes it stay. I couldn't do that with all my fingers and tools. She does it with a beak. Can you make her be able to see that prey afar off and be able to go down there and get it and bring that prey back to her babies? Her babies don't eat no worms. They eat meat. They eat bloody meat. They suck it up. Can you give them, can you make that eagle so she can get everything she needs for her and her babies? You think that eagle. Can you make her go where you want her to go, Job? I do. I do. Chapter 40, verse 1. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he contend with the Almighty? Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? And he that reproveth God, let him answer it. Job, do you have any ability to do what I just described? Now, who are you, who are you to contend with me? Job, are you going to teach me something? Job, do you have the wisdom and the understanding and the power to correct me? The Almighty. That's his name, the Almighty. Capital A, he's the Almighty. Job, can you correct me? Can you show me where I've made mistakes? Job, do you have the wisdom to do all this in creation? To make creation just keep spinning and spinning and spinning, all working, all working together. Can you, can you make all that happen to accomplish your will? I know Satan came and, and he did all this to you, but Job, he only did it because I permitted it. I, I had to allow him to do it. Do you, and I'm doing this to accomplish something, Job. Now, do you understand what I'm doing? Do you have the power to make your will come to pass like that? Well, of course you don't. If Job had the power to make his will come to pass, his children all still be alive, wouldn't they? We don't have that kind of power. We don't have that kind of wisdom. We don't have that kind of understanding. But let's pray God to ever deliver us from questioning him who does. Don't question God who has the power and the wisdom and the compassion to do what's best for his children. All right. God said, Job, I got some questions for you. And I demand an answer from you. What's Job going to answer? Huh? Listen to Job's answer, verse 3. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I'm vile. What shall I answer thee? I'm going to lay my hand upon my mouth. Once have I spoken, but I'll not answer. Yea, twice, but I'll proceed no further. Here is Job's answer to the Lord. I'm shutting up now. I'm shutting up now. I'm not going to question God anymore. I'm not going to question his character anymore. I'm not going to question God's motive. I'm not going to question God's wisdom. I'm shutting up now. I'm putting my hand over my mouth. I'm so vile. I see that. I'm so vile. I'm putting my hand over my mouth so I don't spread my vileness and my bad attitude anymore. I think that's a... There's maybe a, a fine line. Is that the right word for a believer when... When you're going through a, a difficult, difficult trial, I want to know. Now you can come tell me. I want to know. I want to pray for you. I want to weep with you. I want to know. 
Now there's one thing to tell our brethren and our loved ones, I'm in trouble. There's another to go on so much about it and complain about it that I bring my brethren down. Hope the Lord keeps me on that line, don't you? Job says, but just to be sure, I'm putting my hand over my mouth. I'm not going to say anything else. So I don't spread my bad attitude. All right. That's God's questions to Job. And that's God, and that's Job's question, answer back. Now here's why I've gone through all these verses. This is uh, two points I want to make. There's something very comforting and very instructive for every single one of us here this morning. Believer and unbeliever alike, children and adults alike, all of us. I want you to think about God's power and his wisdom, his care for his creation. He, this is the way God described himself now. I want you to think about that. Think about God's care of the animals. We never think anything about his care to fashion all the snowflakes. His, his care to do that. Now that God, he must have the power. He must have the wisdom. He must have the love and compassion to save poor, lost, helpless sinners. What? Shouldn't that be obvious? He's got the power to save even me. He's got the wisdom to save me in justice. He's got the compassion to do it. I tell you what, let's come begging for mercy. Let's come begging for salvation. He's able to save you. I know that. He's got the power to forgive your sin. Well, let's come beg him to do it. Let's come beg him to do it. I tell you, I can't think of anything more comforting for a sinner than come to beg for mercy for the God that's got the power to save. Can you? And to believers. I want you to take a lot of comfort from hearing about and thinking about the power and the wisdom and the love of our God. All this power that the Lord uses to describe himself, he's got the power to save. He's got the power to keep you saved. He's got the power to keep you from leaving. He's, he's able to, to, to comfort. Do you, do you need comfort? He's able. He's able to instruct. Do, do you feel like that ostrich doesn't got no sense whatsoever? Lord's got, he's got the power to instruct you. He's able to keep us from falling. Shouldn't that be obvious from the way he describes himself? He's got the power to keep us. And when you find yourself in a time of trial, like our brother Job was here, This would be my prayer for myself. You can apply it to yourself if you would. My prayer is that God would keep me from doing what Job did, doing what I would do, left to my own self questioning God, and instead find comfort in who God is and how he described himself here. This God with this power, this wisdom, this love and care for his people. This is a God I can trust. He's able to deliver me. I know that. His grace is sufficient to comfort me. 
Until he does deliver me, I know that. I'd like to be able in time of trouble when I feel like that that, that trial is, is crushing me. That's a, that word trial and tribulation, it means a, a narrowing, just you're just being crushed. I'd like at that time to think about how our God described himself in this passage in trusting, <laughs> to trust him even then. Oh, we'll find comfort and peace for our souls if God will give us the faith to rest in. He really will. This God, as he describes himself, he's worth trusting in me. He's worth trusting. Let's bow together. Our Father, how we thank you for this passage of Scripture. How we thank you, Father, that you would be pleased to reveal yourself in this way to your people. And Father, I pray you give us faith to believe. That you give us faith to, to trust in you and rest in you. And Father, I beg your forgiveness for when we do murmur and we do complain against your good providence. After all you've done for us. After everything we've learned about who you are from your word. Father, I beg your forgiveness. Father, forgive us for Christ's sake. Forgive us for your glory's sake. We deserve for you to cast us off. But Father, for your glory's sake, preserve and keep us, we pray. Forgive us of our sin. See us and hear us only in our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, it's in his name. For his glory we pray. Amen. All right, Sean.